0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Are we ready for the word? Yeah, but before we go to the word, we just want to send off a couple this morning Ernst um, and Courtney. Are you guys here this morning? There they are, lovely couple. They have been for us just a bit over a year, right? And they will be leaving Ventuk and going to Kalkrand. Yeah, so God is sending them there. They're going to start a new work there, um, employment. But at the same time, we're trusting that God is going to use them to make disciples. Yeah, that this testimony we've seen when we were praying for the nations, we will see in the community of yeah. na. So just want to bless you guys and just stretch your hands towards them. Father, we just want to thank you for Courtney and Ernst. We want to thank you, Father, for your word that says that you direct the steps of the righteous. And even as you're directing them towards this new community, Father God, we pray, Lord, that you have already gone before them, oh, Father God, to set them with the right people, oh, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're going to use them mightily, that they're going to be as arrows sent out, oh, Father God, to establish your work in this community. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're going to reform, they're going to build up, they're going to transform lives, oh, Father God. It's not just going to be a place where they go to settle and enjoy themselves, oh, Father God, but they're going to say, Lord, what is it that you want to do in this community? And even as I'm praying for you guys, I'm really sensing that God is releasing you there to do a work. He's going to lock you with the right people, and you're gonna, you're gonna, He's going to use your mouth. There's a teaching skill that has given you. You're going to teach in this community. You're going to raise disciples. You're going to see young children coming to the Lord and bringing in their parents. And therefore, the Lord is saying, I am backing you up. He's sending you. He's sending His angel before you to prepare the ground for you. And therefore, do not fear. Do not look back. Do not think of how things are going to be, but trust God completely. Father, we thank you. We thank you for joy. We thank you for peace. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Be blessed. Yeah? yeah. So they're here for the last Sunday. If you still want to say goodbye during a fellowship, you can, you can do that during that time. Uh, Otherwise, this morning, um, we're starting with a new series, and we're going to look at a series called, This Is Us. Not this is it, but this is us, okay? And this is a, a series on spiritual family. Basically, we are coming together again as a body to receive from God where He's taking us, to get that impartation. To walk together and build together towards the things that God has called us for. And, 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 and God really wants us to, to just go deeper. Like last year when we were together with a team, just planning for this year, praying for, 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 for the church, praying for the team, praying for each other. One of the things that God really brought out a lot was that God is taking us to a place of maturity as a church. He's growing us stronger. He wants us to leave behind the things, the, the, the milk, and start eating solid food. And at the same time, he's weaving us together stronger and stronger and stronger. And he wants us to, to be that army that is connected, to, that understands that we are called to walk together, and we're called to fulfill God's purposes together, and that, that, that he's going to do great things through this church. And I really just want to encourage you, this morning if you're here and you know God has added you to this family just just say God I I I, I'm all in and I want you to show me what it is that you want me to to do and where it is that you want to lead me amen so let's just open up in prayer father we just want to thank you so much for this day we want to thank you Lord for just what you've been doing even this morning and how you've just been um encouraging us and 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 this morning lord i really pray father we just agree with that word oh father god that that you have come, you have released your presence to bind up the brokenhearted, oh, Father God, you have released your presence to set the captives free, oh, Father God, and therefore this morning as we're gathered in this place, oh, Father God, I thank you, Lord, the chains are being broken, lies are being removed, oh, Father God, the freedom is reigning in this place, oh, Father God, that we can continue to stand on Christ, the solid rock, oh, Father God, and Lord, even as your word is going out, Father, I thank you for for just encouragement, I thank you for strengthening. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do the work that you want to do this morning, oh Lord, in every heart that is presented here this morning, in Jesus' name, we thank you, and we praise you for that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a word for, for this gentleman in gray, with the white, if you could just stand. Um, I really just saw during worship, Um. I I saw you like standing, and where you were standing, it was like it was very, very soft ground, and it's like you're trying to stand, but at the same time, while you're trying to take those steps, you're you're, you're sinking, and I really just got the word solid ground for you, I sense the Lord saying that he's bringing you into a time and into a place where he is leveling the ground for you, and he's bringing you on solid ground where you'll be able to stand firmly, He's strengthening your foundations. He's he's strengthening your, your character. He's strengthening your identity. There's been a lot of things trying to pull you. There's been a lot of things trying to define you. But in this season, the Lord is saying, allow me to define you, my son. And even as you're growing stronger in him, and you're allowing God to shape you and mold you, and, and, I, and I sense that you've been feeling some of that shaping already, but at the t- same time, you've been wrestling and saying, but God, I'm so young. I, I, I just want to enjoy my life. But God is saying, and that's because I've called you to lead. Huh? That's because God has called you to lead. There's such a great leadership anointing on you. And there are times when you, you, you've just wanted to be in the background, just kind of wanted to enjoy yourself. But I, I see your peers surrounding you, and they're looking to you, and, and, and they actually see wisdom. They, there's wisdom coming out of your mouth. And, and, I, and I really get those words. Do not say that you're only young, because God has placed his word in you. There's, there's a, there's a, a council of wisdom that's going to come out of you as people interact with you and they're coming to you, they're asking you questions, um, that even older people will listen to what you have to say because they know it's, it's not a natural wisdom that you carry. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I hope you're <laughs> blessed by that. <laughs> Amen. All right. So going back to the message, <laughs> or maybe just before I preach, please excuse me if, if every now and then uh, my voice sounds like a robot. Uh, it's been a very challenging week this past week health-wise for me and my family. My little ones were battling with the flu and coughing and then they got well and then I got infected. <laughs> so for the past two days I've just been resting and medicating myself and really trying my best to, to get out of it. So feeling much better um, even though I don't sound that great. Okay. So this morning we're looking at spiritual family. And really just want to start off by looking at this verse in Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22, which says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Does that sound familiar? Yeah? It's one of those verses that I read every time we've got a spiritual family class, and and we bring people to the front and say, these guys have come and they've said, God is adding me to this family, and they've actually decided to become members, not by themselves, but because they believe the Spirit of God is joining them. And here Paul is speaking to the church in, 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 in Ephesus, and he's just reminding the church, because remember, for the longest time, the Jewish people were God's chosen people. And so now that this gospel is going out, and it's going to people that are not part of Abram's natural seed, people are starting to wonder if we're really a part of this thing. And, and Paul is trying to say, look, leave behind the things that you've known. Leave behind the things that you've held on to. And notice now that you've got a new citizenship, which is in heaven. Yeah? You are not aliens, you are not strangers, you're not foreigners, but you're part of Abram's seed according to the promise that God gave him. That you're part of this family. That as God is calling, that everybody as far as will receive this gospel, except Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're now citizens of heaven and they're members of God's household. And that is what we are. When we come together on a Sunday, we are not just saying, I'm going to church. But we recognize that we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship has changed. Here on earth, we're ambassadors of heaven. We're here to show what the kingdom of God is like, to extend the kingdom of of God here. So we're part of this, 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 this citizenship which is in heaven. We're part of the body of Christ which is so big because all over the world, we've got Christians crying out the name of the Lord kneeling before his throne even today as we're worshiping churches are filled and people are hungering after God and and th- they are part of us but then he also goes on to say but you're members of God's household okay we are members in this household so God joins people together you know God is a relational God from the moment he created he said it is not good for man to be alone Adam was not meant to be alone. He saw it in the rest of the creation of, of, of God, and then he started thinking, yeah, but for me, there's no suitable mate. That's because he wasn't created to be alone. And then God added a, a wife to him. Huh? And, and he said, this is good. Yeah? Because God is a relational God. The Godhead is relational. God loves family, both natural and spiritual. Huh? So no man is an island. No man was created to walk this spiritual life alone. Okay. Just as you were born into a family, in a natural family, we always pray that people will have both parents there because that has always been God's divine plan and purpose. But we are aware that people don't always come out of those kind of environments. Maybe they were raised by single mothers or by single dads or by a grandmother or an aunt. We are aware that this, th- this is the reality that we're living in. But we thank God that in this season he's restoring families. He's bringing people back to say this is what true manhood is. This is what what the purpose of a man is in his house. This is what the purpose of a woman is. This is how husband and wife come together. This is how you lead your children. This is how children relate to their parents. And it's all over in the Bible. It's written there because God acknowledges natural family. But at the same time he acknowledges spiritual family. Even more so. Because the reality is, as much as we love our natural families, we get to spend eternity only with those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah? So God's desire is that every child of His that receives Him will be joined to a family and not be on their own. Yeah? And when it comes to church, we need to allow God to add us. Yeah? We don't just add ourselves and then just joined ourselves based on our needs and what we want, we have to ask God, what is it that you want to do? And I remember when I got saved, and I often share this because it's so relevant to that. When I got saved, I got saved through the television, right? I was listening to the televangelist, and he was just speaking to me directly. But at the end of his ministry, at the end of me giving my life, at the end of doing everything, he said, now that you've given your life to the Lord, Find yourself a Bible-believing, strong church that will teach you how to live according to God's purposes. And that's where I was like, oh my goodness, God, I don't know where to go. I grew up in the Lutheran church. Should I go there? I don't know if they're Bible-believing because I've seen what happens there, right here in my house, you know. And and so I, I was just praying and I said, God, you lead me. You lead me. And you know what? He led me. He really, really, God is so passionate about joining his children to the right people at the right time. And he led me. So in my whole entire life, I've only been part of two spiritual families. And they were both God-led. I didn't just decide I'm going here and decide I'm coming here. No, I was like, God, you lead lead me. And he led me there, and then he led me here. And this has been my longest family. This is where he was like, this is where I'm solidifying you into. So we need to recognize that God does this stuff. And it's so important to notice that today the church is in shambles. Because people are becoming more consumers. Mm -hmm. It's like, what, what is doing it for me? Then I'm here, then I'm there, depending on what I want, depending on what season. It's like a child that's born in a house. When they need to do laundry, they go to the neighbors, this neighbors. When they need to eat food, they go to the other neighbors because they cook nicer food on Sundays. And it's just all over. Yeah? Nobody understands what commitment is anymore because of a, a, a warped idea of what family and community is. And you'll see that even though we may, we may know, like as I have said, that God has called us to be a family, there are always three types of people that we come across. And the first type is the the independent person. Yeah? Have you heard about an independent person? Be your own hero. I am my own hero. I work alone, buddy. <laughs> Have you heard? Yeah? yeah? That kind of person that says, I don't need everybody. I don't need anyone. It's me and God. We are together in this and we are good in this. It's me and God, and I don't need anyone else around me. Yeah? It's like those superhero movies where at the right time, at the right place, the hero always comes in, whether it's Rambo who just appears out of nowhere with a machine gun shooting everybody, or it's Superman just appearing, and he always gets the job done and he's out. Okay. Now, though that may happen in movies, that that, that independent hero always wins, That's not reality, yeah? If we're trying to be superheroes in the household of God, in the kingdom of God, you're going to be taken out very quickly, yeah? Because our enemy, Satan, is real, and he's always looking around for people to prowl. I mean, he's prowling around for people that he will devour. So there's no place for independence, really, in the kingdom of God. There really isn't. There isn't a, a place for, no, it's just me, myself, and Jesus. or it's just me, my spouse, my kids, and Jesus. Yeah? Some people go like, no, no, I, I do have people around me. I've got my spouse, and I've got my kids, and it's Jesus. We, we're fine. Huh? No. God is so much bigger than that, and he wants to link us together. And you know, independent characters, they, they're often like the last person to enter. <laughs> During worship, and the first person to leave as soon as the preacher says, God bless you, they're out. <laughs> By the time you say bless, the car is already starting and they're off. And it's not because this Sunday was an emergency Sunday, it happens every single Sunday. Why? It's intentional. I don't want to mingle with anyone. I came here to receive my word. The worship was great, but I, I would have changed a few things. And when I'm done and when I'm done, I'm done, I'm gone. In fact, I have, I have a friend like this, we were chatting the other day, she, she's not in this church, she's in another church, and I was like, so how, how are you mixing, and we we're talking, because she's like, oh, I'm so single, and I'm trusting God for my husband, and I'm like, so how, how is the mingling going in the church and stuff, and she's like, no, you know, I'm not really a mingle type of person, and I'm like, what kind of person are you then, it's like, no, I just go to church to receive what I need to receive. And and uh, and she said another day a friend was rebuking her in the church saying how come you always just come just before worship starts and then and then you are out immediately when I want to introduce you to people, and she said no but it's, it's intentional, no I, I do that intentionally because I don't want people around me, you see, but that kind of attitude is not going to bring us find the kingdom, it's definitely not going to bring us find our walk with God. God wants us to be in community. And then the second type of person is the dependent type of person. Hmm? (laughs) Now this person is the opposite of independent. This one is so dependent, the minute they walk in there, everything must be about them. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, I hope the worship is so great today. I hope my pastor, te- uh, my pastor um, gives me a word today. Where is my connect leader? I really need to talk to her about this thing that I've been wrestling with so that she can pray for me. After prayer, I must also be there. They, they don't do anything. They're just so dependent. A, a dependent character. The, the, everything about church is about them. And if they don't like it, if they don't like it also, then they'll go find something that falls what they, what they really want. Yeah? So they're hopping here and there and everywhere. It, it, it's similar, yeah? similar. The independent one who knows what they want. They get to what they want. It's just them and Jesus. The dependent one, is, it's looking for people that will feed, that will help, that will encourage all the time. It's always about them. And they don't serve anyway, no? because after all all the service is about serving them, they come to church. No? They come to church, they watch the services, they look at how things are being conducted. They're very dependent on what's happening around, but don't lift a finger. Okay. And then the third type is the interdependent type, which is really where God wants us to get to. I don't know if you can read that. It's quite difficult, but I'll read it from my notes. It also came out a bit difficult <laughs> to read. But here is Martin Luther saying, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. Yeah. So the interdependent person recognizes that I am an individual. God has graced me a certain way. I carry certain gifts of my own, but God has called me to be part of something that's bigger than myself. So as I relate to others, I recognize who I'm surrounded by, what they're passionate about, what they're not passionate about, how they do things. And at the same time, I give myself that community. I bring my gifts to the table. I bring what I carry to the table because it's all about us making it better for one another, okay? And we will see that the, 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 the times when church has been the most united, the most together in history has always been during those times when they face persecution. When times are hard and difficult, Christians coming together, holding hands, praying together, crying out to God, and trusting Him to do things. You know, whenever things are great, we go into this thing of it's me and Jesus, and, 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 and we're kind of distant from each other, isn't it? But when we look at when, 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 the, when t- times were tough in the church, from the church of Acts, when, when you see how, how those people related to each other, they were so close to one another that people actually thought that they were practicing incest here, calling each other brothers and sisters, and then greeting each other with a holy kiss. And they, they were intimate. They were their, their relationships were strong, yeah. And that is how God wants us to be. He doesn't just want us to be people that come and go. Everybody knows, okay, this person has the seat here and everything. But I, I come to church. No, I am the church. I am part of the body of Christ. I am a living stone in this church that God is using. He's building me up and at the same time I'm giving what he has placed inside of me. And I am blessing others in my community here right now. Amen. So really God wants us to be connected. He wants us to be um, united and he wants us to, to, to be together. So, in this, um, we see how Jesus himself, uh, who is our ultimate example, uh, the, uh, his, his family was looking for him, and, and people were saying, Jesus, your family is looking for you. Your mother your, your, and your brothers are looking for you. Where are you? And then he said, and, and then this is what Jesus said. He, he replied in Matthew um, 12, verse 48 to 58. He said, he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers, pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is the reality that Jesus presented, that whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. It's a difficult reality, eh? because now it kind of makes you think, oh my goodness, um, where does my natural family <laughs> fit in this? You know, my uncles, my 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 brothers and sisters that are not part of God's household, that are not that have not accepted Jesus Christ and Lord, as Lord and Savior. And the, re- the reality is, as that Scripture said, we're built together as Christ by um, Christ being the chief cornerstone. He is the key, chief cornerstone. So if he's not the chief cornerstone in in their lives, then 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 what are we doing? Yeah. And 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 so. We are bound together by the blood of Jesus, by the fact that we've entered into the covenant. And when we said, yes, Jesus, I accept you, then Jesus said, now here's the rest of my family, I welcome you. There's your brother, there's your sister. There, there, now connect with these people because you're going you're gonna to see. How many of you are seeing the same faces almost every Sunday when you come here? Hmm? Even sitting next to you? Do you recognize them as brothers and sisters? Okay? So that is what God is doing. And, and, and so we are a family. God is our father. And we, we exemplify the, the fact that um, uh, uh, um, we're a family that is exemplified by love. We love one another. That's why we did the love C- series to remind us again that, that how people see that we're family is because we love one another. And we treat each other as not just brothers and sisters but Royal. Royal. Yeah, look at the person next to you and say you are royalty. Yeah, royal brothers and sisters, prince and princess, <laughs> queens and kings. That's how we're supposed to be treating them. So you don't treat the person next to you as a commoner. I it's just a brother so and so. No, 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 no. That that person is valuable in God's eyes. Nah? they are royalty. And when we say brother and sister, it's not a title. No? You know some people write it now on their jacket, brother so and so, sister so and so. It, it's not a title. It's a functional thing. So I hope when you're saying, uh, brother Sam, you don't, you're not just putting the brother there in front as a title, but you're expressing the fact that he truly is your brother. Okay? So it's not a, a title thing at all. It, it is meant to show functio- functio- functionality. And in 1 Timothy 5 verse 2, it shows us there how Paul was speaking to Timothy. This is how you handle God's household, the people in the house of of God. And I I love Timothy because it's a book that I can really relate to. A young preacher sent out to to change the world and most of the people that he's ministering to are older than him. So here Paul is giving him guidelines. And, and so in the book of Timothy, one of the guidelines he gives him is how to treat the people in God's household. He says to Timothy, do not rebuke an older man harshly, hmm? but exhort him as if he were your father. Hmm? Treat younger men as brothers, older, um, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. It's like a family. No? So if somebody older than you, you know they're supposed to be adhering to the word a certain way, but they're older, and, and I get a, a number of these cases. I don't just go and say, why did you do it this way? You know? Yeah, I speak to them as if I'm speaking to my father. Older women as if they are my mother's. Yeah, My peers as if they're my brothers and sisters. And then he tells Timothy that the, the, the younger ladies are like sisters. Treat them like sisters with absolute purity. Yeah? How do you treat your sister at home? Hmm? How do you view her? Is it with absolute purity? Or is it with a different kind of view? And a different kind of treatment? Yeah? So it's, it's a good guideline. And, and here he's saying, You are are as family. You are really as family in God's eyes. We are as family. And God wants us to recognize that. We are not an organization, though we may operate like that in certain aspects, but we are a family. We are a people coming together, being joined together. We are community. And that's why it's important to walk in love. It's important to walk in forgiveness. It's important to, to, to encourage one another because we're meant to be together. And then when we see this uh, working out, we'll see, we'll live out the benefits of, 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 of spiritual family. In Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12, it says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen. Yeah? Here it's talking about how two are better than one. Because number one, if you've got more than just one person doing the job, you've got increased productivity. That is the first benefit of spiritual family. Increased productivity. Yeah? Two Get the work done faster. If we could just move on to the next slide there. Thank you. Yeah. Increase productivity. I remember this was taken during the time when we had water coming in there uh, <laughs> into the building, finding holes and seeping in. If it was just one person cleaning up, it would be a mess. But when there are more, they're there mopping everybody. Even the work gets lighter. It's not difficult. You're singing songs, you are encouraging each other, and you're saying we're getting this task done, isn't it? Yeah? So it's, it's increased productivity. We see more people being rich. It's, it's easy to do ushering because we're a team of many. Things get done quickly and, and stuff like that when you're in spiritual family. And then there's encouragement and comfort. Yeah? If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Do you have someone to help you up when you fall? I'm not talking about your spouse. It's great to have a spouse that encourages you every now and then when you're not feeling great. And I thank God for my spouse who encourages me a lot of the times. But do you have a sister or do you have a brother that will encourage you? Someone that reminds you of the words that God has spoken over your lives. That when it is so dark and you can't see through this thing that is happening in front of you, that person will be a voice of hope. In your life saying, but remember, the last time we prayed about this, this is the word that God gave you. So get up, get up, and get out of this thing. Do you have someone like that in your life? Hmm? Or is it just you and Jesus? I'll just be like David who encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times to encourage yourself in the Lord, but there are times when you need to seek encouragement from others. And God has done it so. He's made it so. That's why Jesus had 12 disciples, and he wasn't by himself trying to take over the world. Amen? Yeah. And then increased passion. It says if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? We all know that in winter, huh? when it's so cold, and you're lying next to someone. The married couples, they like this, you know, during winter. Ooh, I get to snuggle with my spouse now. It's nice and warm. Or you send your spouse to go to bed first, then they warm the bed for you, then you go in, you know, yeah? But, but we know naturally if you're sitting next to someone, usually you don't like sitting next to anyone in, in taxis or buses, but when it's cold in winter, if you could just get a little bit closer, you know, it's so nice and warm when you're next to someone. But spiritually, we talk about passion. Huh? In a spiritual sense, you remain hot, on fire for, for Jesus when you're connected to others. Yeah? And I've got that picture there of a coal. If you take one coal out of there and put it on the side, just put it here, what will happen to it? It will die because it has left the fireplace. Yeah? So this thing of it's just me alone and Jesus watching TBN at, at home doesn't work. We need people around us because the minute you're in that fire, when, you are, when you're with people that are fired up, man, it, it makes you start feeling like, oh, man, I can do this. I, I saw the guys went on outreach. Um, they had a, a training not too long ago. They went on outreach, and you could just see the passion as they went to do this outreach on, on, on the campuses and the malls. There was just so much passion, increased passion. We're doing this together. You know, it's not that fun evangelizing on your own. But when you have others around you, you're like, let's do this thing. And you'll see in those movies, where, the, where, where the, those, uh, those um, National Geographic movies where the, the lion is hunting for the prey. Ne? It always looks, there's the herd. It always looks for the one that's kind of off the herd, on the side. Oh, that one looks alone. And then it comes to try and separate it more. And then it goes It just chases and before you know it, it cuts that one that was separated off from the herd and it's over. So if you just want to lose passion in your life, start separating yourself from the rest of the church. That's what happened to David. He sent all the mighty men that, that would be able to speak to him and say, David, what are you doing? The people that were on fire for war and taking land for Israel. He sent them all to war and he decided, no, this is, this is my year of sabbatical. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. huh? So David, because he was so bored, he was out of his purpose, and there was no one to speak to him, he found himself on the roof. No? And he started looking down and there he saw a young lady bathing. No? And instead of, you know, we always teach the young people, when you see something that is, you you bounce your eyes, look away. But he didn't bounce his eyes. He started looking even more like, oh, what's happening there? Now, if there was a brother next to him, he would have said, my brother, don't look. Come, let's go. Leave those things. But because he was alone, there was no voice of reason. David is there now looking from the rooftop, a beautiful woman. And then he started wanting to get closer and do things with her. That's how he fell. There was no one. There was no one to remind you, listen here, you're the king of Israel. You cannot do this kind of thing. In fact, you're a married man. You already have your wife. In fact, the Lord that you serve does not, he will not agree with what you're about to do now. They were not there. So normally people separate themselves from others when they want to get naughty. If you want to be naughty, just separate yourself from the rest of the church then you'll become successful, isn't it? But as long as you're connected, yeah, there will be someone in your face saying, why are you doing that? There will be questions. Hmm? And and that is how God has created us to be. Increased passion and then defense and protection. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. If you're fighting with somebody else, how many of you feel encouraged when you ask someone else to pray with you or pray for you? No? It, it, it just, there's just something that happens when there are more people praying together than you alone. Yeah? It, it, it stirs something, and, and that's, because how, that's how God has made it. So we've got increased defense, protection. In a group of people, there's always protection as long as we're focused on the same thing. Huh? If Christ is the chief cornerstone, there will always be that voice of reason saying, no, 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 don't do that. Huh? Let, this is what the words say. And then we can debate for hours and the time is going. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, we, we need others around us. We really, really need others. And, and this is what i found more and more even for myself, you know. It's something that I've loved that by from the time I was a student. It, it's something that was just growed into our hearts, you know. You cannot do the Christian walk alone. You need other women holding your hand. You need other men holding your hand that can walk this journey with you, pray with you, and, and encourage you. And then it goes on to say, a cord of three strengths is not quickly broken. No? If I just have one string up here, it's very weak. But if I weave it together with another string, it will be stronger. Have you noticed that? If I add another one, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's how God wants us to see this thing. You know, they use that scripture a lot at weddings, a cord of three strings, you know. It's me, my spouse, and Jesus, the center. We will not easily be broken. and, And it's true. Yeah? But when we're relationally connected, we cannot easily be broken. When we have other men and women that are fighting on our behalf, covering our backs, we cannot easily be broken. And let me tell you, this is not an easy thing. It's good to stand up here and preach, but when it comes to real life, it's an intentional thing. Building relationally is not something that opens overnight. It is something that takes time, but as long as you're committed, you're going to see it happen. But we need to start with that place of saying, I am committed to building spiritual family. And maybe you may be sitting here thinking, yo, but this is such a, a, out of a church of 300 plus people, 150 in one service, how do I even begin to build spiritual family? Hmm? I only know two or three people here. How, how, how do I begin to build spiritual family? It's so difficult. How do, do I just randomly walk up to somebody and start greeting them? Or how do I do this? You know? And to be honest, the first place to start is just to be part of a connect. Be part of a connect group. You know? Are you connected? Are you in a connect group? Because that is the first place. When you're in a connect group, you know at least four or five people in this church. Who know four or five other people? Who know you know? And you get to do things together. You get to serve together. You get to to grow together. You you get to learn together, and you get to encourage one another. And I just want to say, when you join or connect, be open to God to also add others. It, it doesn't become a click thing. No? And we've done to connect training and all that, but let us not. Do relationships because it's organized structures. You know, it can wear the church out by trying to put structures in place for people to get together. Oh, people are not mingling enough. Let's have a singles club. Then all the singles come together. Oh, this is not happening. Let's so you're always trying to create structures for people to come and meet. No? But God wants us to be organic and build organically. But it takes intentionality. It takes me coming out of my comfort zone, even though I'm a high introvert, no? which I'm not, <laughs> yeah, and greeting somebody else and just finding how, out how they're doing and where they live and stuff and asking them for a cup of coffee. It takes intentionality, but it has to happen. Otherwise, we're not going to grow together. And 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 you know, church is only as strong as its relationships are. Do you know that? Yeah. Because when the testing comes in this spiritual family thing, when the test of spiritual family is, when things are hard, will you stick? The same with marriage. When things get tough in marriage... Will you stick? That is the level of your commitment. Will you be like Ruth who said, no, I made a commitment. God has joined me here and I'm staying no matter what you've gone through and where we're at. If we get poorer, we get poorer together. Or is it a thing of, you don't have anything to offer me anymore. The worship is not the way I used to like it. This building is not that great. And, and, And all sorts of excuses and move away. Is that how we're going to do it? Or are we going to say, God, you joined me to this family. When I was praying and seeking your face, you brought me here for a purpose. And I believe that because you brought me here, you want, you want to grow me here. You want to add me here. You want to build me in here to become part of this body that you're building here. And I'm going to give myself to it no matter what. Is that the attitude this morning? Or am I just here for a season to see how things are going Mm -hmm. and then sooner or later I'll go somewhere else depending on what season I am and then I'll keep hopping again. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like somebody looking for a job when you look at the CV. Yeah, a lot of experience, different jobs. But then people don't just look at the experience, they start looking, but how long have you been at that job? Three months here, one year here, two months here. Will you hire such a person? Would you commit yourself to such a person? No, because you think, but then this person doesn't know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're looking for. So it's here, there, everywhere. Guys, God has a plan and purpose for your life. And it's joined to people. And he knows the people that he's adding to your life right now. Right now. People that we pray for to leave, when they go and, and, I mean, the Daniels of this world, the, the scholasticas, when they go, we pray, God goes before them and he already leveled them. He already knows what's going to happen on the other side. Ours is to be obedient and to follow the voice of God. No? But the moment we start following our own voices, then we get in trouble. Can we just stand this morning? I just want to pray for us. want to thank you so much we want to thank you for who you are in our midst we want to thank you lord jesus that you are grafting us together heart to heart mind to mind lord you've given us the same spirit and therefore as we gathered here this morning we pray lord that you will come and do the work that you need to do in our hearts oh father god We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're a God of order. You've set your church apart, oh, Father God, that you're adding to your body, Lord, that we will know, Father God, how to conduct ourselves as those that are citizens of heaven, as those that are part of the body of Christ, and as those that are members of this household, as those that are part of a global movement. Father, we pray this morning, oh, Lord, that you will strengthen us, Lord that you will strengthen our relationships, that you will strengthen our commitment to one another, Father God, that we will be those that cleave to one another, that hold one another accountable, that encourage one another, Father God. Father, we just pray this morning, Lord, that you'll break off the walls that want to divide in our midst, that we will go beyond ourselves, Lord. I I thank you that you just break off the fears, the insecurities of Father God. Lord, I thank you that you, you didn't... Your spirit is not that of independence. You want to unite hearts. And I pray for the unity of hearts in this household this morning, oh Father God. And I pray for the unity of hearts in the body of Christ this morning, O oh Father God. Because you are so much bigger in this nation, O oh Father God. We pray this morning, O oh Lord, that we will recognize what your Spirit is doing, O oh Father God. That we will not be caught up in our own little things, oh Father God. But we will be caught up with your agenda and what you are doing, O oh Father God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God. We thank you this morning. I see the Lord is just asking people this morning to make commitments in their hearts. You've been up and down and looking for things. But the Lord is saying you're not going to get it. You're not going to see it when you use the natural eye to see it. The Lord is saying, look to me. If you're looking for answers, look to me and I will place you. I will lead you. I will show you. When he called Abram, he said, leave your mother and father and go to the land that I will show you. And therefore, this morning, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for clarity for those that are still trying to decide. I thank you that there will be no permanent visitors here, Father God. There will be no one foot here, one foot out. There will be a committed member of those that you're calling back to commit to their homes where they came from, Father God. But you're bringing clarity in your body. You're bringing clarity in your house. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for that. We thank you for purpose. We thank you for unity. And we thank you for direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.